Jason and uh, Justine, their visit, they're here. they've been here only a few months, but I just want to let you know that this is a winter storm. <laughs> this is winter. Today is winter. I don't know how long it's going to last, but it's, it's here today. And uh, if you're visiting with us, they are, visit, they are coming here from uh, uh, the Tacoma, Washington area and, and also Wisconsin. So they know a lot about winter. Justine was asking me, even today, when is it going to rain? And I was like, this is it. This is a winter rain storm that we just went through. And uh, nobody really noticed. But uh, we got our coats on, right? We got, we're, we're bundled up today. Uh, I'm excited today uh, as we continue our uh, Advent series and talk about um, joy. Joy is the topic for today here. And a, a couple weeks ago, we had, uh, a, was it just last week? Oh my goodness, time flies. See, the whole, time, time goes slow sometimes. This is one of those times. But uh, Carlos and Robin, they should be back with us here next week. Uh, but a uh, cool picture of their uh, wedding at Civic Center Park there with some amazing flowers that they had. So it, it, it's, it's easy to be joyful at a wedding, right? I mean, everybody's happy. Everybody's in a good mood. They're joking around. you got amazing food and, like, all your favorite people there. Um, but God, God gives us the ability to be joyful wherever we are. Amen. We can be, we can be thankful whatever situation we're going through. And I wanted to share a little bit of joy here. Uh, our friend, our little friend Amia, who's two years old, who's Noah's little sister, that a lot of you have been praying for. Uh, she was in the hospital on a ventilator last week. And today she's out and she's home. She was released a couple days ago. And uh, her mom sends you thanks to, for everyone who was praying for them. And, you know, I can't even imagine what it would be like to be, see your helpless child on a ventilator. I mean, that is uh, terrible. So I'm sure that joy is coming pretty easy in that household today. So thank you for all of your prayers. And sometimes we have a lot of prayer requests, but we forget to really thank God when he answers prayers like this is an amazing miracle, and we see them all the time. Sometimes we just blow right by them and just keep asking and not think about, wow, God just saved this little girl's life even this week, and we want to give him praise for that. Um, one little note here on our Christmas midweek this week that we're not, we are having Christmas desserts, or they're desserts. So before we used to have Christmas cookies, and there was a contest. So this year, We've expanded. You can do any kind of desserts, and we've kind of nixed the contest. So there's no pressure. You know, you can bring anything. It doesn't have to be, like, magazine-worthy to be able to be brought. Um, some people have in the past held off because of so, some of our amazing bakers. So this year it's open, and uh, so it's going to be fun to, to sing and to have some great fellowship there. But the last couple of weeks we've had some... Amazing sermons on the on Advent, and I just wanted to remind you, and I, I know my mind, hopefully your mind is kind of expanding. When I grew up, when we were in Advent, I used to just think, we're just building up the Christmas, right? Like, that's all we're doing. It's like the, it's like, uh, you know, the, the pre-season, and then you have the real event and Christmas. So, but to, there was really no imagination around Advent. I wasn't, I was just thinking, you know, Four, three, two, one, lift off. You know, Christmas, awesome. Uh, but to think about 
you know, Jason talking about the arrival or this time between that we're looking back to Jesus, his coming when he came, and then we're looking ahead for when he's coming again. And today we're going to add in a third part that we're looking for when Jesus came into our hearts, into our lives. So for some of us, we're looking back a little bit to see that. And some of us, maybe we're looking ahead like, man, I want Jesus to come into my life. I just don't want to see him in everybody else's life. I want him in my life. And so hopefully it makes it more exciting. I think as we were talking about it, and it was like two days after the first sermon on this that it hit me. I was like, wow, Jesus coming back. That is a pretty amazing thought that I wasn't always excited about like that was the terrifying thought back in the day to think about jesus coming back because i felt like man i'm not ready but that's something that we think about jesus coming again now hopefully as christians you can look forward to that like man that's going to be amazing but to recognize that not everybody has that experience when they think about jesus coming back and it's good just to to think about and it helped me, for sure, to how to live my life. And then last week, Darren uh, did the sermon called Waiting Well and talk about how to be good Bible people and how to read the Bible. And he just shared a lot of his thoughts there. I mean, Danielle and I sent him like these long texts like, man, that was really encouraging to my soul to 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 um, the way he explained what an, what the empire is and how God wants us to live in his kingdom and not in the kingdom of the world, and even how he described empire, being the biggest and the baddest. I'm pretty sure he didn't get that from a Bible uh, commentary, but that connected with me that when we want to be great, when we want to advance our cause, then we're not living necessarily in God's kingdom, in the way that he wants us to live for him, and not being successful, but being people that bring peace and bring shalom uh, to the world. I thought that was an amazing uh, discussion and, and talking about restored relationships. And it's actually got me thinking about how valuable our relationships are and, and some that may be broken that God wants to fix. And I've seen even during, since we started this series, People fixing relationships and even fixing some that have been broken for a long time or at least trying to fix them or praying about fixing them. And I pray that even this time of year that you think about how can I fix my relationships? You know, where does God want to bring peace in some of the relationships in my life? Maybe they're not going as well as I want them to. Uh, And so this is a great time to be thinking and praying about that. And as we look at kind of this Oh, that's the title here again. I just got to thank Roy for my slides. He does such a great job on these. I tell him he makes me look a lot better than I really am with these things. So <laughs> some people are like, oh, man, your slides were incredible. And I'm like, no, they weren't mine. If mine. You wouldn't be saying that if they were mine. So thank you, Roy. I was joyful for the slides, even little things that little things that preachers get excited about and a few of you, too. Um, but to think about this picture that we're kind of over in the church area of this, and we're looking back in Advent, we're looking back at Jesus, and then we're looking ahead to when he comes back, the new heavens and the new earth. And today, like I said, we're going to be looking and thinking about when 
God came to us personally. And so there's kind of a third thing to look either backwards for or if, if you haven't had that experience to be able to look forward to see, man, I want God to be a part of my life. I want him to, I want to experience th- that amazingness here. And so today we're going to be talking about joy. And, and so let's, let's jump right in here. Let's look in Isaiah chapter 35. And um, I'm going to have a few thoughts. We're going to go through Isaiah 35 for a while. And then I'm going to kind of fast forward to the New Testament for a little bit. And um, that's not always the best thing to do. But we'll, we'll see if we can um, and pull that off here today. But let's start off with a prayer. Uh, Father, I thank you for this time, God. I thank you for this time of year when we get to look forward to, to, to your coming, that we get to remember your coming into this world. Thank you that you loved us enough uh, to come and be with us, that you were humble, that you came to live a life that was a, a humble life to show us uh, the meaning of peace and the meaning of, of your kingdom, God. I just pray that you be with us today. Uh, open up our hearts, God. Help us to be more joyful as a result of today and your word and the fellowship that you bring to us, God. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so in Isaiah 35, in verse 1, it says, The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it, the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. And literally, this this chapter that we're going to be reading was a poem that was written. Most people think while the nation of Israel was in captivity in Babylon. And so they're writing this poem, and we're, we're going to talk about what it what it means here in a minute. But he starts off, and some people call this creation salvation. So he's talking about how the physical creation is going to be redeemed in the future. And so here he uses these words that that the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. The crocus will bloom. And all these amazing the restoration of creation. And then in verse 7, um, I'm going to skip ahead here just at the bottom. He says that the, um, uh, the burning sand will become a pool, the thirsty ground bubbling springs. In the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. And to think about that, the creation coming back to life. We have a good picture of that in the desert, right? We got a lot of barren wasteland out here. I mean, if you don't water it, it is barren, ugly, deserted. There's nothing, you don't want to live there. I, I, in fact, recently I drove by Cathedral City High School and I just looked at the baseball field there and it was just brown. It was terrible looking. But just to think that you can look at something like that and God can look at that and say, you know what, I can, I'm going to water that and it's going to come to life. And it's going to be green again. And it's going to, not, not only is it going to be green, there's going to be water reeds and papyrus growing there. There's going to be so much water. You're going to have lakes and fish and everything else there. And, you know, so imagine now that you are living in captivity in Babylon. 
that your, your temple has been taken away, your home has been taken away, your land, your property has been taken away, your religion has been taken away. Now you're, you're out there and you're, you're not probably eating clean food, that you can't go worship anywhere, and you feel like, man, I am in a barren, deserted wasteland. And we're being ruled by these ungodly people. And the reason that we're there was because we sinned. Right? So I'm here because this is what my ancestors and myself deserve. And so God was writing to them about the creation, but he was, they were connecting to it from their place of captivity. That God remembers us when we're here. And sometimes we read the Old Testament and we kind of like Christianize it and we, we make it more how we see it from our vantage point. But they, they weren't thinking about Jesus and they weren't thinking about the New Testament and they weren't thinking about any of that. They weren't, when they heard the word redeem, they weren't thinking about Jesus like we are. They were thinking that God is going to redeem. He's going to make us go back to Jerusalem, go back to his place where he wants us to be. And so it's an, God, God gives us hope. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know if you feel like, man, I'm in a wasteland. There's been a lot of, we've been through a lot this year. I'm sure we can all think about those areas that are pretty barren, that look like that baseball field, that need God to restore us. And to know that he, he, hasn't, he didn't forget them. He doesn't forget us when we're in those kind of places that he looks ahead and sees the glory that he's going to bring. And we're going to see a little bit more about that here today. In, I'll continue reading in verse 3. He says, Strengthen the feeble hands. Steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, Be strong and do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. I wonder, even as we read that, if there's people in here that have feeble hands, that are feeling weak and tired, that that live in fear. And God is is saying that I'm going to save you. I'm going to come with divine retribution and save you. He said, then the eyes of the blind will be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame will leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth. I read that part already. And so, again, when I, it's hard not to read that and think about Jesus, isn't it? The lame leaping for joy. And you think about the guy that was lower down in the roof and then he starts jumping and praising God and... You know, you think about uh, the blind man that was healed and the guy that was, had to be healed twice. And, and, and that, th- these are the scriptures that Jesus was bringing to life. And yet in their time, it was more that they were the blind because they didn't see God when he was talking to them. They were the mute. They were the fearful. They were the ones that heard God's word but didn't listen. You know that God was was writing writing to them and and saying that I'm I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to I'm going to steady your knees. I want you to be strong and not be fearful. And those words were 
are powerful to us, but imagine how powerful they would be if we were living in their situation. That God was making an uninhabitable land favorable for life. That he was still with them. Let's keep reading in verse 8. It says, and a, a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on this way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor any ravenous beast. They will not be found there, but only the redeemed will walk there. And those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Sad, uh, gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will fl- flee away. And again, it's hard not to read this passage and think about the New Testament. I don't know if you feel that way. But they were. this is talking about the days when they would go on pilgrimage to Jerusalem to celebrate God for the festivals, that they would all be going together singing, and there was actually all these songs that they would sing on the road as they were going together. And it makes me think that God wants us to be joyful as a community, not just joyful ourselves. Amen. That we're in this together, that we're worshiping God together. That we're, we suffer together, but we, we sing songs of joy together. And I, I, I've been thinking about, a lot about that more and more, that we're, we're a lot more connected than we realize in our church. You know, we had our, a midweek a while back where we talked about the history, and, and one of the sisters said, you know, I didn't realize that we've all experienced a lot of the same things, the same joys and the same sorrows and that we are we are connected and that's what it means to be the people of God to to go through life we don't have to go through life alone we go through it together I think about the the unclean that would not enter it and they wouldn't think about sins they were thinking about the people that were ceremonial unclean I think about the highway that they would go on the way of holiness. You know, the, the Christians in the first century were called the way. They called their movement the way. I wonder if they were talking about this passage, that we're on this way of holiness, that we're going with Christ, that he's given us the Holy Spirit to walk along with us. We've been learning a lot about the Holy Spirit in our uh, program that Danielle and I have been going through. And one of the main purposes of the Spirit is to connect us with God. That really, any time, this is what I'm kind of coming to, it's still a work in progress. But any time that we feel like God is speaking to us and we're connecting to God, to me, that's the Spirit. Sometimes we say, well, I'm connecting with God. No, you're really connecting with the, the Spirit. He's given you this guide to remind you of scriptures, to, to, to help you to connect with your gratitude and connect with Jesus. And that's why he said it's better 
that he goes away so that we can have that. And we've just been having a lot of fun thinking about that and thinking that God is, you know, we don't have to go up to the temple anymore, that we have a temple right here with us. And I'm, I'm looking forward to maybe studying out the Holy Spirit more in the future as a church. That's, we've forgotten a lot about what that is, and there's a lot of reasons for that. But I'm looking forward to opening that up a little bit more. You know, this, this, is a, this poem would have maybe been a little dangerous back in their time. Because they're, they're, they're writing about God bringing this divine retribution that God's going to get our captors. He's going to set us free. He's going to break us out of here. That we're going to go back to Jerusalem. We're going to go back where we came from. We're going to go worship God together. And sometimes when we read these pictures, these are more like pictures that God wants to tell a story. We can be confused, but back in the in the day, they had to write them as poems or else they might get in trouble, right? And so I, I think even as we read the Old Testament, when you get a picture like that, when people are in captivity, that, that God is, 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 that's why he expresses himself in so many different ways. And we, are what, we saw this movie, the movie Elvis recently, and he expressed a similar sentiment when he said, what is too dangerous to say, we sing. And when you look at the times when Israel was in captivity and some of the crazy writings that they came up with, that was basically them singing or writing poetry or using these pictures to express that God was going to get the bad guys, that he was going to stand up for them as he's uh, saying here. So hopefully that helps you even as you read some of those difficult passages and you wonder, why is he talking about this rider on a white horse? And what is this all about? And it's basically a picture that God is painting to his people when they can't say things openly, but they say it through poetry or through some of those type of pictures. So now I'm going to switch a little bit over to, to us, right? We're going to switch a little back to Advent as we look at that passage and think about the the title that may be in your Bible, it says the joy of the redeemed. And that last verse that we see here, it says gladness and joy will overtake them and sorrow and sighing will fly away. And I don't know if you've ever thought about what heaven is going to be like as we're looking forward to this second coming, but I've always had the question, like, how can there be no sadness there? How can there be no tears, no sorrow, you know, and wondering, you ever wonder about that? Like, so does that mean that, like, no, anybody who's not there, I'm, like, not going to remember? Is, are, is, the, is God going to, like, wash them out of my brain or something? Like, how does that work? Because it would be sad if you're in heaven and someone you care about isn't there or someone you know isn't there or whatever. That would be a sad thing, so... That can't happen. And this, this scripture kind of opened my mind a bit to this uh, this week, at least for me, thinking about them going into the temple and gladness and joy overtaking them as sorrow and sighing flee away. So it made me feel like it's going to be so 
amazing that you're not going to have any room in your heart for sorrow. That you're, the glory of God is going to be so amazing that just everything else is just going to go away. And it's not that it's not, maybe it's not there, but it's just God is filling us up so much that we don't have room for that. And we've had, we pro, you may have had that experience in this world. You know, because God gives us little bits of that. Maybe you're at a, at a conference or a worship conference, or maybe you're having this just amazing quiet time, and you're just like, man, this is amazing. I want this to last forever. I'm not tired. I feel energized. And you may have all kinds of problems, but they're just not there. And that kind of gave me a vision of heaven. Maybe that's what heaven is like. We're so enamored that just anything bad just can't even fit in our minds because God is that awesome. You know, and today I woke up joyful. I don't usually wake up. Anybody, anybody wake up joyful? <laughs> Daisy. Wow. Amazing. Daisy and Dawn. Okay. Well, you guys are a lo- uh, you're, you're, you're in the minority, it looks like. So most of the days I wake up and it, Kind of have a mini freak out before I wait, get out of bed, right? It's like, I gotta do this, and I gotta do that, and I gotta remember this, and I got this appointment, and don't forget to pay this, and you know, you, you have some crazy thoughts when you're still not awake, and I don't know how that all works, and I, I did learn one thing from a, a, a therapist friend of ours. They said that all those anxious thoughts actually serve to wake you up. And get you going in the day. So those aren't, they're not bad. And so I kind of made peace with all those crazy thoughts. And as I'm having, I'm just thinking, well, amen, Lord, you're waking me up today. I got to go. You're getting me out into what I need to be. Um, but today I woke up like Daisy, I guess, or Dawn, and just feeling like, man, what a good day. I woke up thinking about God's good. I woke up thinking about this party that we're going to have with all the family group leaders and how awesome they are. I woke up thinking about our puppy. Good thoughts about the puppy this time. And, and then I went out and there was this amazing sunrise just right off the bat. I'm thinking, man, what a great day. It must be, you know, because I'm talking about joy today. God just wants me to like experience this. And I didn't even really make it to church with that feeling, you know, it was a long day. <laughs> you know, about one o'clock, I'm like, man, I was really feeling it about seven hours ago when I woke up. I was like flying high. But isn't that it? That joy is kind of, it's there, it's not there. It's, sometimes we see it, sometimes we don't. And so I thought about some pictures of joy uh, in the New Testament. And one of them was Mary and Elizabeth. And these are all relating to Advent. That's why I was sharing them. But when Mary showed up and Elizabeth said that the baby inside me leapt in my womb. And it actually says that she was filled with the Holy Spirit. And said, blessed are you among women and the child that you will bear. And blessed is the one who has believed the Lord to fulfill her promise to her. And just that joy that she felt about Christ, that she even was filled with the Spirit when Christ was just around her, is pretty amazing. 
that kind of joy that comes from Jesus and his arrival into this world. And I thought about the shepherds and having the angels appear to them in the fields and say that they bring good news of great joy for all people. And them just wondering in amazement what is happening and then being able to go down and see Jesus as a baby just as it was said. That, I'm sure that changed their lives. That that one day their lives were never the same ever again. That God gives us those times when we can hold on to that change us, that we experience. It wasn't that someone else was telling them about it, that they were experiencing it themselves. And they could always go back to that. They could always remember that night. That they didn't, that it wasn't something they were planning on, but it changed their life. And I think about all the people that Jesus healed and how that one interaction just changed everything for them. And, and in thinking about Jesus coming into someone's life, I thought about the Ethiopian eunuch. There we go. In Acts chapter 8, it says that he was riding along and they came by water and he said, Look, where's water? Why couldn't I be? Why can't I be baptized? And I never thought about it quite like this. But he just went up to the temple to worship, but he wasn't allowed in where everybody else was. Because he was a eunuch, and that was the laws that he wasn't able to get as close. He wasn't able to get get in, and yet, and so when he asked this question, "Hey, wh- there's water, you know, why can't I be baptized?" It w- it was kind of like, "Hey, I wasn't allowed in the temple, but I'm allowed in this one. I wasn't able to get all the way there, but now with Jesus, I'm able to get all the way there." And it says that he went on his way rejoicing because he experienced Christ and he got his sins forgiven and he was accepted into the Jesus community. And it says he never saw him again, but he went on his way rejoicing. And that's a great day to remember for us that we, for those of you who have had that experience or a day to look forward to if you haven't. And then I, from the passage we read, I thought about Revelation and, and that holy city that God is preparing for us, like a beautiful bride dressed for her husband. That place where he's going to wipe every tear from our eyes, where there's going to be no sorrow. And he says, to all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. And just reminds me of that passage of the, the desert coming to life and the pools of water and the reeds. And he said, that's going to be coming up from within us. And in, Revel- and in Revelation 22, it says that he showed me the river of the water of life flowing from the th- throne of God and Lamb. On each side of the river grew a tree of life. And just imagining that God is going to restore everything. That there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. That there'll be peace. That we'll be one with God. 
that we'll be so filled with his glory that all those negative things will just go away. That it'll be the way life was supposed to be. And I pray that this time of year that you have time and thought to think about these things. To think about the joy that God wants us to have. To not just think about presents and all the things you got to do, but to take time to remember why we do what we do. And as we take communion today, I was asking somebody recently about a time that they felt like God was continually cleansing them or saving them. And one person said that it, that this time is that time for them when we take communion together. This time is the time of renewal where we think about our lives, where we think about our sins, where we think about Jesus, where we think about maybe the things that we feel bad about and we can remember the renewal that we have in Christ. And recently I was talking to somebody and I've been thinking a lot about what it means to live as a follower of Christ, to carry our cross, and just to share in suffering with people and how Jesus didn't back away from that. And, you know, as I've shared different times, that's not something that I really run to. So I'm trying to think more about that, and I was telling somebody about it, and she stopped me after a while and said, you know, don't forget that the resurrection is a lot greater than that. That, that Christianity doesn't just stop with sharing in people's suffering or the sufferings that we're in, but it's about a resurrection that we experience and that we will experience. And it was kind of a... I took it as like a slap in the face a little bit. <laughs> but a good one. You know, it's like, hey, don't forget what we have. Don't forget the power that we have. Don't forget your faith. Don't get stuck in captivity to bring it back to today. Don't get stuck in captivity and not look ahead to where God is bringing you and what he's doing. And I'm always amazed at Jesus that when he had these normal conversations, but he was always thinking about something greater. You know, it's like he lived in Advent all the time. He's always thinking about his coming. He's always thinking about his his dying. He's, you know, and in this conversation that he had with the Samaritan woman that many of you are familiar with, he said, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. That even then, maybe he was thinking about that river or that water that would make that wasteland a, a paradise. Maybe he was looking ahead to that water of life that would be coming down the streets in heaven that we would all be able to experience. And I pray today as you take communion that you examine yourself, but you also that you look back to Jesus coming into this earth, that you look to when he came into your life, if he's come into your life already. And then you look ahead to that picture of what is to come. And don't forget the resurrection. Let's pray. 
Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you that you, uh, you're with us. God, we thank you that you guide us, that you give us your word, that we can look and see what your people went through a long, long time ago and related to us even today, God. I pray that we uh, remember Jesus and, and honor him with the way that we live, that we, we're grateful for him coming down to this life and living the life that he lived for us. We're thankful that you decided to show yourselves to each of us, that you want to live within us, that you give us your spirit. Help us to acknowledge your presence in our lives every day. And God, help us to look forward to where you want us to be, be with you someday. Thank you for the forgiveness from Jesus, his body and his blood that makes that all possible. And thank you for his resurrection. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.